Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, especially St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. Yeah, they sure do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast every week. It is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget, check out our website, wefishasa.com. You can always listen to the podcast there. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced by... Berserk Productions in Land Lakes, Florida. That's our executive producer, Brad Nearman. Thank you, Brad. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Uh, Dave is going to talk to Ken Duke from Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine to get a Bassmaster Classic recap. And I'll be on with the one and only Jason Christie. Who's that? He's the guy that just won $300,000 in the huge Bassmaster Classic Championship trophy down at Lake Hartwell in South Carolina. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to those coming up shortly. First, let's start out with Dave Kranz and Dan Johnston. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. And as always, this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Once again, they bring us Dan Johnston. How you doing, Dan? Dave, I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing good. You've been down at the uh, Bassmaster Classic, and uh, uh, what a great uh, finish for Jason Christie. Very happy for him, and uh, you worked the whole show, and uh, it was uh, looked like a pretty exciting event. I did. I'd be honest with you. It was the best attended Classic I've had, I've ever seen. I, we'll, the numbers will come in, but this is a great event. I, I would suggest any listener out there, if you love to fish, just go one time. The passion, the enthusiasm for the sport, um, it's just like one big bass fishing family, and it's just awesome. So, yeah, it was great for St. Croix to be there and to engage our customers, and um, it's good to, good to get back home, but also great to be there. Absolutely. It's it's quite an event. It is the, known as the Super Bowl of bass fishing, which, which it is, and uh, so many uh, uh, media outlets cover it that wouldn't normally cover fishing because of the size and the mass and the, every, the attendance, everything that's there. So it's exciting. So anything else exciting down there? Well, something exciting is I do have a special guest, uh, our elite pro, Bob Downey. Everybody's heard of him, and he's down here working the show, and um, he's actually standing right here next to me. So a little surprise for our listeners. I'm going to hook you up with him, and you guys can take it from here. Excellent. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Bob Downey? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. So uh, for those that uh, aren't familiar with Bob, and uh, he's a Minnesota elite pro. Uh, he's a St. Croix pro staffer. Uh, so far on the elites, he had a good finish at uh, St. John's second uh, place there. So the, the points are looking good for you to make the classic next year, aren't they? Yeah, it was a good start to the season. Um, definitely, you know, a step in the right direction towards getting to that classic in 2023. That's kind of always what you want to get the year going, get some, you know, 
get some good momentum into the rest of the season. So I was happy with it. That's excellent. So you worked the show this year, and Dan said that it was uh, very well attended, and it's always exciting. Uh, I wasn't able to be there this year. I've been uh, uh, at at others, and, uh, you know, next year that's going to be in, in Knoxville, that'll be exciting because the last one that was there, that was well attended, and it was a great fishery. And, um, you know, are you excited about the opportunity to fish in Knoxville? Yeah, absolutely. We were there for uh, an Elite Series tournament last year, actually, in February. I finished 12th there out of 100 guys, so I really want to get back to Knoxville uh, for that classic. I heard the takeoffs were pretty pretty cool uh, the year that I won there, and yep. we'll be there at a really good time. I think we're going to be more in that third week of March next year, so there should be a lot of fish moving shallow and still some fish offshore, so it should be a really good event and definitely hope to qualify for it. Oh, that's that's excellent. So uh, you're on uh, St. Croix's Elite Pro Staff, and what what does that mean to you to be a uh, St. Croix Pro Staffer? Yeah, it means the world to me, really. I mean, I grew up in the Twin Cities of Minnesota and grew up going to northern Wisconsin for fishing openers each year. And so I would stop into the rod shop and buy a rod or two every spring on our way to the cabin uh, for Wisconsin fishing opener. So I've used St. Croix, you know, since I've been, you know, five, six, seven years old. So to be able to work with them, uh, such an iconic brand and just a good, good family oriented company now on the elite level, it, it means the world and it, it just feels right. It's, it's been a great fit and uh, excited to kind of continue to grow with them and help them with new rod releases that we got coming up. It's, it's just a really good partnership. Excellent. You released the, uh, not didn't release, but showed the uh, new tournament uh, rod down there. What what kind of reception did you receive with that? Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing rod. I've had a chance to fish them, you know, prototypes and stuff for about eight months to a, a year now. And, you know, the, the reception was great at the Classic. Uh, I believe they'll uh, be for sale officially kind of the end of March, March 25th, I believe, is is the official release date for the public to buy them and i think they're going to be blown away it's um you know it's a reimagined series of the legend tournament bass they're they're really lightweight and crisp in hand they feel really good um you know they balance really well with the reel on them and uh they got you know kind of new aesthetics around the grip portion of the rod and and 24 different technique-specific models. So it's going to be a great fit for, for St. Croix in that price point, and I think the general public's really going to like them. Excellent, excellent. So any anything that stood out in your mind about this classic, other than not having the opportunity to fish this one and wanting to, but uh, all the pros that don't qualify do work the show, work for their sponsors. Mm-hmm. Anything that yep. stood out in your mind there, I mean, whether it was for Croy or any other sponsors that you have? Yeah, I mean, just the general how busy it was i think they set records on attendance uh here this week and i mean it was just non-stop people flowing through the booths uh, which was really great to see you know after a few years of of some weird stuff going on in the country and a lot of lockdown periods it's really great to see people out and about and and buying product and learning more about, you know, St. Croix, Rappel products that we got coming. And, uh, you know, overall, just the attendance was kind of what blew me away. And, and the fishing was phenomenal. I think Hartwell really showed out this week. You know, 
there were guys catching fish and having limits 30 minutes into the day and then it was just constant constant upgrades and a really exciting close finish and uh it was it was one of the better classics that i've ever witnessed that's for sure Absolutely. You'd watch that live uh, bass track and you'd see that all of a sudden it's like, well, holy smoke, six or seven guys got five already. They got their limit. And yeah. it's like, and they might have yeah. not been the biggest limits, but then all of a sudden the upgrades came. And it yep. was exciting to see that and, uh, and uh, watch that. And well, what a great place to have a classic and to have, you know, large mouth and spots. And, you know, I, I, I think yep. the, a lot of people were excited about that. And to the attendance, I think people were so ready to go and are still ready to go and get out there and, and return to uh, a normal life and not be uh, quarantined or anything else. And, and uh, we can look forward yeah. to that. Yeah, it was great. It was great to see. And you know, a lot of people getting out of the house after a few months of winter um, and, and just ready to go, get get back on the water. And there was just a lot of excitement surrounding the show, that's for sure. Excellent. You you mentioned Rapala. Who else do you have that helps you uh, stay on the water? I'm working uh, with Omnia Fishing this year. They're an online tackle company uh, based out of the Twin Cities, and they're fast-growing. Um, you know, they're, they are pretty much focused on bass, but they also have a lot of multi-species product as well. Um, really cool features on their website. They've got a fishing report section that you can, you know, check up on fishing reports from your local lake and kind of get an idea of what products you might need uh, for that body of water. You know, rain, you know, I work with Basscat and, and Mercury and Minkota Humminbird. Um, you know, obviously St. Croix, Rapala, there's all-terrain tackle is another one of mine. Um, you know, a lot of good companies that help me stay out on the road, and I really, honestly, couldn't do it without them. It's you know, this this deal is expensive, and we spend, we spend a lot of money traveling across the country. And um, but to be able to live my dream and partner with some great companies, you know, I really couldn't ask for more. No, it, it's good. All good companies, and I think they've got a good spokesperson in you, and you're doing well. Uh, Going to throw something else at, at you there. Are the Southern yeah. anglers surprised by the fact that so many guys are coming from the Midwest now, Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Canadian guys, uh, coming down and at all different levels of fishing? I, I fished the uh, T Toyota Series, uh, Major League Fishing Toyota, uh, uh, yeah. and I'm doing the Northern Division. So I get to see a lot of mm -hmm. the Chris and Corey Johnsons out there, and you've uh, seen Brian Thrifts, and Brian New was fishing as a co-angler mm -hmm. for a few years. Are the mm -hmm. Southern guys surprised by these guys? Um, I, I, you don't hear that they're surprised so much. Um, I think, you know, they, I think they've kind of seen it coming too with Chris and Corey Johnson. And then you throw Gussie into the mix, you know, six, seven years ago. And mm -hmm. then Seth six, seven years ago. And, and really those four, you know, have really inspired a lot of guys from Minnesota, Wisconsin, you know, up on, you know, Northeast coast, that, that area, it's really pretty neat. I mean, me growing up, it was like Kevin Van Dam and Ike and Ellie were like the two Northern guys for the most part. And, and now we've got a group of, of guys that are on the elite series. I think there's four of us from Minnesota. There's three of us now from Wisconsin. I think Jay Shakur, leading the rookie of the year right now. He's from Wisconsin and it's really neat. And, and the, I think, you know, Minnesota and Wisconsin has some of the best bass fishing in the entire country. And I think people are starting to notice that uh, from around the country a little bit more. And 
So we've got a good training ground for these guys that are inspired to, to try and make a run at it someday. So it's pretty neat to see some some diversity in where these guys are from that are fishing at the top level now. Yeah, and, and the places that they're going, they're coming north. They're coming into places to where the spinning rod, you, if you're not using a spinning rod across the country, even in the southern waters on times when there's a tough bite and uh, doing some finesse-type fishing, whether that's drop shotting or wacky rigging or ned rigging or whatever, anything yep. small like that, uh, that's got to yep. happen. But uh, we're going to look forward to uh, uh, watching you the rest of the season and seeing uh, how it pans out for you. And I, I think the second-place finish on the St. Johns River was Fun for all of us to watch. Would have loved to see you finish first, but uh, glad that yeah. you happen to be where Dan Johnston was. We always have Dan on, but yeah. Bob, uh, we appreciate yeah, having you on. It worked out. It did, and uh, uh, want to have you on next time you win one, and uh, appreciate your time today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's fun being a part of it. I'm glad I was sitting next to Dan here, and it and it worked out. So uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, perfect. No problem. That was Bob Downey. Right before that, we had on Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, ready. sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran, Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly has a passion for the outdoors. He is Ken Duke. He is the editor of Fishing Tackle Retailer, and I asked him to be on today to do a classic wrap-up because he is the most knowledgeable person I know as far as bass fishing, uh, bass fishing competitors. He, he knows so much, and I'm... Sure you were a sponge this week at the Classic, Ken. Oh, absolutely, Dave. You know I love the Bassmaster Classic. I think it's the uh, crown jewel of the sport right now, although, of course, MLF's Red Crest is coming up in just a couple of weeks. But uh, the Classic is a great tournament, 52-year history, and it's always fun to be there. Absolutely. And uh, uh, the field this year, what, what did you think about the field of anglers? Well, you know... Uh, 
I think, you know, 55 anglers out there this year, all the guys who have been the most successful with uh, BASS through the last few years, uh, Patrick Walters, Jason Christie, of course, the eventual winner, um, guys like Stetson Blaylock. So it's a strong field. It is not the caliber of field that they had uh, through 2019 before the big defection to MLF, but it's still a strong field. It's still a, a, certainly a satisfying tournament, and, and those guys know how to catch them. Absolutely. And there's, uh, you know, do you think the fact that we have um, multiple leagues that are fishing, that um, we're creating more top anglers or about the same? Or uh, You know, that's hard to say. Uh, I think that uh, it depends on, on what you're looking for. First of all, I think that MLF and Bass are playing two different games. The five fish limit versus the every fish counts are, are practically two different sports. And I think that guys who may be skilled in one uh, could be just terrible in another. And, uh, hey, I'd like to apologize because today's, uh, today's studio for me is the Greenville Spartanburg Airport. And so you're going to hear some uh, flight announcements here. Oh, that's no problem. We can uh, we can deal with that. And uh, just glad to always have you on, Ken, because you do uh, a great job. So overall feeling of the, uh, of the classic as a... Um, the show floor, the show, the attendance, that kind of thing. I thought it was a really good show. I thought attendance was strong. I, I don't think it was record-setting, no matter what what might be said. I think that uh, what a lot of people don't realize when they talk about record-setting attendance or overall attendance or stuff like that, they count every little event associated with the Classic, including a fireworks show um, on Tuesday or Wednesday night of this week, uh, including uh, launch, including the expo, including the weigh-in, including if they have a barbecue down on the corner, they include every little thing, and they come up with these numbers that, that seem awfully high if you're just walking the expo floor. But I thought the expo was well attended. I thought there were fewer exhibitors this year, perhaps, than in years past. I can tell you that they did not take up as much of a footprint in the uh, convention center this year as they have in years past. So uh, I don't think it was quite as big, but it was still a good show. Yeah, yeah, and I think people were ready to get out and, and come to a show, uh, as, as all of us are. Uh, the fishing at the Classic there, uh, good, fairly good time to be there, fairly good weather. I was uh, watching the numbers uh, daily and seeing the... Uh, an hour into the tournament, there'd be seven, eight, nine, ten guys that had five already. I mean, that it seemed to be pretty good. Yeah, the fishing was really good for numbers. One of the strongest classics ever, if you're just talking about numbers. Everybody expected the size to be there this year because the weather was warming. That warming trend, they thought, would push the fish up toward the banks so we'd see some fish building nests and stuff like that. And, and there was evidence of some nests in the shallows, but most of those nests were not occupied. Um and while, while the size was decent, it wasn't what people anticipated. Uh, nobody broke seven pounds, for example. I think 612 was the biggest fish in the tournament. So uh, it wasn't the blowout that everybody was expecting. So uh, it was maybe a little bit lackluster in that regard. Uh, I think there were only two 20-pound bags over three days. So, But, but hey, that's, uh, that's Lake Hartwell. Lake yeah. Hartwell is a, a fairly mediocre fishery. And, uh, you know, you, they might want to say it's a, a world-class fishery or something like that, but it's, it's really just not. It's a fairly mediocre fishery that's interesting. 
because it's got blueback herring and because it's got a couple of species of bass. And of course, the reason the classic is there doesn't have anything to do with the fishing as so much as it has to do with whether or not uh, Greenville and Anderson want to host it, whether they have a facility for the expo, a facility for the weigh-in and so forth. So that's why a Bassmaster Classic venue is selected. Absolutely. It's a, it is a business. Uh, all three days were, were um, the fishing uh, was close, very close. It, it, this could have been almost anybody's game uh, up to day three, up, say within the top 10 guys. Uh, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, there was just six or seven pounds separating almost the top 25, and that's extremely rare, maybe unprecedented. Uh, for the first time in classic history, the event was tied at the end of two days. It had been tied before at the end of one day, but to see it tied at the end of two days was pretty exciting. You know, you had a couple of guys going out there and you're, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be down between these two guys, but it was really more wide open than that. And on the final day, we saw bass track shift, uh, a couple of shifts in the leaderboard there. that saw Stetson Blaylock maybe looking like he was going to do it, Kyle Welcher, and of course the eventual winner, Jason Christie. Yeah, I, I think that's got to be exciting for the participants also, knowing that they're still in this, that that that's, you talk about six or seven pounds in the top 25, and, and you're in a place that you could get an eight-pound bite and, and, and put them in there and then catch four other quality fish or decent fish, depending on where you were at starting, starting the day. But that, that's got to be exciting for them too. I'm not sure I'd use the word exciting, Dave. I'd call it nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah. Probably nerve-wracking as well because these guys are all uh, uh, top uh, competitors in trying to to win uh, uh, for themselves and their sponsors. But I think when you get to there, it's it, it's for yourself. It's something that you've dream you had a dream of of doing to getting to the classic and winning it. Sure, and of course, this you know we're talking about how close the classic was. Uh, it was the fifth closest classic ever, just five ounces separated first place from second at this event and uh it's interesting that it was five ounces because the winner takes home three hundred thousand dollars but second place gets just 50. so that five ounces was worth fifty thousand dollars an ounce (laughs) there you go easy easy to calculate that one but it's uh, yeah that's huge that is huge that's that's a big uh Big difference in a payday. Uh, everybody gets paid at the classic. Is is that correct? All the qualifiers may get paid something. Is it ten grand? Yeah, everybody gets paid ten grand, and 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 once you get down past twenty five, all the money is the same. But uh, you know, it's it's really about that first place check and about the trophy and the ability to go around the rest of your life and saying you're a Bassmaster Classic champion. Of course, that's the big deal, as we know. Yeah, in in past years, we used to see. Uh, uh, was it Woo Dave's that was on the Wheaties box? I, I'm, I'm not sure. No, and that actually—excuse oh, me—that actually had nothing to do with the Bassmaster Classic. The <laughs> guys who got to be on the Wheaties box back in the late '90s, early 2000s, got there because they won the Forest Wood Cup. Ah. Uh, Denny Brower, David Walker, um, Clark Wendlandt—they uh, were on the box because of the FLW Cup. Hmm. What? What do you think the old timers that are there? We've had them on the podcast here in the back. The, the Hank Parkers, the Jimmy Houston's, the Bill Dances. What What do you think uh, they feel about the formats today and how it? I, I've, do, you, do you have any clue of what the, you know? They They competed at a different time, I and I believe on a different level, um, probably at the 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 peak of the sport when there was basically you know 
one big game. Um, do, do you think uh, they still would be competitive at the same, if they were in their prime, where we're at now, or, or not, or would they blow them out of the water? I really think they would be, a, would be competitive. I think they could hang with anybody out there now. I think that the sport was very different, you know, you, and, and to a great degree, especially back in the 70s, uh, you could look at the sport and say it was kind of a, a mix between what bass does with its five fish limit and what MLF does with its every fish counts, because the creel limits back then were 15 and then later 10 and then seven and, and eventually in the early 90s, it became five. So with larger creel limits, you were more playing the MLF game. Uh, with a five fish limit, you're you're playing the more traditional, at least over the last 25 years, uh, program for bass fishing. But people, especially young people, think it's that, that five fish limit is a magic number, but it's not. the The limit in major bass fishing tournaments through the years has been 15 and 10 and seven, and it wasn't until the early and mid 90s that it kind of universally changed to five fish. Uh, has a lot to do with things like live well size and so forth and, and the idea of conservation. But five is not a magic number. Doesn't doesn't have to be five. It can be whatever they determine it to be. And that's, uh, yeah, that's an interesting uh, look at it and, and a look back at some of the, uh, you know, w- what we used to do and, uh, you know, what we used to watch and, and see what they had to do. But uh, Yeah, and, and people don't realize, or maybe they don't realize, I, I think about this quite often, but the creel limit, has a lot to do with what techniques and lures are going to be in vogue. Uh, flipping, pitching, that's a great technique if you're not counting on a lot of bites. It's not a great technique if you need 30 bites a day, like the Every Fish Count system. So flipping came to the fore in tournament fishing only after the creel limit dropped to seven. Uh, before that, it was not such a big player. Uh, and I think that that's and finesse became a bigger player with every fish count. So it's uh, the formats have everything to do with what baits are going to be used and also what baits are going to be in vogue among consumers generally. Yeah. And, and as it changes, I'm sure that uh, mix of baits that people make and people sell or, uh, or market is, is going to be uh, be a different. Five, ten years, fifteen years uh, from now, it'll be a different game. But uh, uh, not one thing that's guaranteed is nothing will stay the same. Correct? Absolutely right. <laughs> well, you know what, Ken? We always appreciate having you on and appreciate uh, taking time to talk to the uh, We Fish ASA podcast while you're traveling. And uh, we didn't have much disruption, so uh, that that worked out <laughs> great. And uh, look forward to uh, the next time we get to talk. Always a pleasure, Dave. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, sorry for that extra noise about the the flights, but my flight will be taken off here pretty soon. I'll be back in sunny Florida. Excellent. Uh, And we look forward to talking to you again. That was Ken Duke. I am Dave Cran, Steve Sarley's remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. 
Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. So exciting. We have a very, very special guest today. He is the winner of the very, very recent Bassmaster Classic, the 52nd Bassmaster Classic. He is the one, the only, Jason Christie. Welcome, Jason. Very, very, very glad to, you know, uh, we talked to you on the show just a little over a year ago, and I remember saying that I thought that uh, your return to Bassmasters was wonderful, and that you had an excellent chance to uh, get that Bassmaster Classic trophy for your uh, for your trophy case, and I'll pat myself on the back for calling that right, but I, I wasn't the only one. Uh, you are right up there at the top of the, uh, top of the uh, circuit. Uh, and you said you wanted it really badly. How, how does this taste for you? Well, I'm still kind of uh, dreaming, I think, a little bit. Um, it's starting to settle in some. But, you know, it's just been a lot of work and a lot of, uh, a lot of effort over the last, I mean, really 13, 14 years. And finally it pays off. It just, it's a big, big... Uh, monkey off the back. It, it's hard to believe that uh, when you say 13, 14 years, uh, that seems like a long time, but you, you've been doing this for way longer, man. You, you are you are uh, definitely an experienced pro. Yeah, I've been around a lot. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, you know, in my position, you don't have a lot of chance. Um, you know, first of all, you got to make the classic. And then the classic rolls around once a year, and you have to, uh, you know, that's one event that you, you know, you want to have a chance to win, and there's just, there's just not that many chances. And uh, you know, I've been, I've been lucky, especially in the classics, to have a lot of chances to win, and it just, it feels really, really good that it finally happened. Yeah, I, I would I would think so for sure. And uh, uh, let, let, let's take it to that. Before we talk about this particular classic itself, uh, you said on the stage that you were one of the most stubborn people around. Absolutely. And, and you, you know what? Uh, we'll talk about that first. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I always thought that being stubborn was not a good thing. 
because you force yourself into doing things repeatedly. You don't want to change. Uh, you'll stick with a bait too long. But that isn't what you were talking about by being stubborn. Yeah, there's a trophy set right over there that um, I'm really, really glad I was stubborn on on this event. And, you know, it's, it's every, everybody has their own opinion about you know what to do and it's so easy for people to sit there and watch bass live and judge and things like that and you know one thing that i've always done in this business is i do it my way and you know the last time the classic was here when i lost i made an adjustment the last day and i guessed and i guessed wrong and i really feel like if i would have been stubborn that day that i would have had a you know, I, I think things would have been differently, but you know, I just I believe for people to win and win big events consistently, you have to kind of decide what you do best and run with it, and and that's what I've done. I mean, there's I kind of get a plan in my head, and and you know, I'm going to make them bite, and some people may not agree with it, but that's just that's just the way I do it. You know, when the going gets tough, I want to have a bait in my hand that I have a lot of confidence in and and I just feel like to come out on top a, a guy has to do that but you know you look at guys out there that can change on the fly they you know we just we're different I mean as anglers everybody's different and I'm going to do it my way that that is uh that's very very interesting uh, to hear to hear you say that and the word I, I'm going to make them bite most guys you talk to say you can't make a bite. You got to figure out what they want and change to that. When you say I'm going to make them bite, what what are you what are you telling everybody? Um, you know, there's there's times throughout the day that that fish feed, and then there's times they don't. You know, there's times that they set up, they position where they're catchable, and I don't know when that is. I mean, all I know is that I want to be around them and present my bait, you know, to them and just hope that they bite. And I don't know, it's just, like I said, I've, I've probably been criticized over the years more so for being stubborn, but uh, there's so many events. You know, in 2011, I won my first event, big event here on Hartwell. And at 11 o'clock, I had one, one fish. And it was an instant replay uh, Sunday, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I had one fish. And, and that's whenever, you know, you just got to dig down deep and, and really believe in what you're doing and hope and just really just hope that they bite. And, you know, that, that seems to uh, that seems to work out. I mean, that's what I thought about Sunday is, you know, back in 2011, hey, one of the reasons I came back to bass is you only got to get five. And the way that I fish, feel like if I can get six or seven bites a day, chances are I'm going to have five good ones. So um, just dig the toenails in the dirt and, and just try to catch five. When did you start having a good time during this classic? <laughs> After weigh-in. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I, I'm looking at you. I go, boy, this guy's this guy's leading a classic. This is a Super Bowl of, of the fishing world. Unbelievable, and you don't look happy. You look like you were so, so gosh darn focused and intense. Was I reading your face and your your emotions correctly? I think so. I mean, 
you know, you just, these guys are good. I mean, like, you're not in the classic unless you can catch them. And if you're not on your A game, you're not going to win. And, you know, it took me three days of fishing, not losing a single bass, catching fish over cables, um, huh. you know, to be able to win. And that's what I think has to happen whenever you win the classic is you just have to have an event that um, where nothing goes wrong and everything goes right. Even, um, even if you are a good fisherman, you have to have things go your way. And, and, you know, I was all business the first, I mean, every day and just trying to not get distracted and, and focus on the event. But still, at the end of the day, you have to have things work out your way. And, you know, I was so uh, lucky and, and really blessed on the week that everything worked out. I, I got such a kick out of I got such a kick out of watching. And I said, you, you looked like you were so focused and intense and your fiance was having the time of her life. She looked so happy, and you looked still like you were wrapped so tight. It was an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, yeah. She she kind of likes the we we we, we both do, and she she understands the uh, the long days, you know, the long nights, and she's you know she's been around when I've lost, and and she sees the, how bad it hurts, and and. You know, the same as me, whenever you finally do get one, um, you know, it's, it makes it pretty gratifying. When you said before, I want to go back, where you said uh, you're, you're going to make them bite, what, what are you changing? Are you changing Are you changing bait? Are you changing color? Are you changing your presentation, your speed? Uh, what, what are your steps to making them bite? Where, where do you go? Um, you know, you, you just... There's just little things, you know, the second day of the classic, I realized that I could, um, that these fish wanted the jig kind of swimming rather than dropping in their face. And, you know, that's how I caught them the second day was pretty much swimming the jig around the dock. But it's just little bitty clues that you get uh, throughout the day. And I still wasn't getting a lot of bites, um, but I didn't need a lot of bites. You know, I just needed to get the right ones. and. And uh, you just have to pay attention to little things. And, and uh, you know, like I said, when it comes down to the end of the day, I kept a bait in my hand that I had a lot of confidence in. I didn't spend, you know, half the day in the boat changing colors or changing. It was about back covering water with the, with the confidence bait and just trying to get the right bites. For sure, for sure. Hey, you know what? I, I didn't even aware. You had said that... Uh, you were fearing that it was going to end up in a tie, and it was really knotted up and close. What What do they do if there's a tie? I think five ounces is pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I think we talked about it, honestly, at the weigh-in. I think if there was a tie, we would have fished Monday, and the first legal bass wins. <laughs> Oh my God! I can't imagine being out there fishing for the biggest trophy, the biggest check in professional bass fishing, and in the back of your head, I'm guessing you're thinking, "Okay, if this goes to Monday, where am I going to go? What am I going to do?" Did that cross your mind? Absolutely. I just knew that I had a place really close to take off, and 
And uh, but I don't even need to think about that because it worked out like it should have. And and uh, I'm just glad we didn't have to fish another day because I it was really fun to weigh in in front of all of those people and and be able to talk to them and stuff and it was just a really really good time you made the decision a number of years ago to leave Bassmaster go to Major League Fishing you went back to Bassmaster and I want to say that you told me that uh, the reason you did that was it felt more like home and you really wanted to score a win in the classic uh you, you obviously feel very justified by your decision. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing uh, other than the classic. You know, that's that was the main goal to come back. There was several misses before I left. And, you know, one cool thing is, you know, a lot of those guys on MLF have texted me. I mean, they're, they're happy for me just as I do them. You know, when those guys went over there, I text them. We're all friends. And, and uh, but yeah, I definitely came back for another opportunity to get a classic trophy. And and yeah, it seems now that it was a good decision. So it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, you sure, you sure did the right thing. I'm going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back, folks. This is We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley, and I am here with the Bassmaster Classic Champion for 2022, Lake Hartwell in South Carolina. He is the one and only Jason Christie. We'll be back with Jason Christie right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. And I am happy to be here with the King of the Hill. He is the Bassmaster Champion for 2022. He just won it within about 48 hours of us doing this interview. And he is the one, the only, Jason Christie. Uh, they say that winning a Bassmaster Classic changes your life. Uh, has that happened yet, Jason? Um, it's starting to swing that way a little bit. Um, 
you know, a lot of uh, a lot of good things seem to be going. You know, you've been a, you've been a very very good fisherman for a long time. Uh, you've won a lot of events. Uh, you're always up in the angler of the year, which shows your consistency. Uh, and you won three hundred thousand dollars, which is an incredible thing. I, I want to know what it's like once you got off that stage and you were done. Have you had any sleep? Have they been picking and poking at you ever since you held the trophy up? Uh, I've been pretty busy, to be honest with you. I had to take three or four hours off my day and just catch up on some sleep. Um, but, yeah, it's been really busy answering texts, doing phone calls, uh, interviews, and things like that. But I, I guarantee you this guy is not, not um, griping about it. <laughs> no, no. I, I do all of that stuff uh, in exchange for that trophy over there. It's it's uh, it's been a really really good time. That's yeah. That is not going to uh, that is not going to uh, uh, end for a while. It, it, it's huge, and the sponsor obligations. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, the sponsors and the equipment they used to put you in the championship. Of the uh, Bassmaster Classic that you just won this past Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody, a lot of the sponsors I'm with, I've been with for a long time. And they just make great product. You know, I'm in a position in my career where I can really choose and use what I want to use. And, you know, there's just so many different people that are a part of it. You know, this is a lot of people think this kind of a a solo sport that you're in it on your own and it's really not it's a team sport and you know all of those people sponsor wise you know we're on a team they provide product for me and they you know the they try to make the best product they can to make me more uh competitive on the water and it's you know just starting with garmin you know i caught half my fish on live scope and you know that i would not have won had it not had I not had that transducer or the live scope on the front of the boat. And then it comes down to, you know, the rod, the reel, the line, the baits, the boat, the motor, um, all of those things that, uh, yeah, it's just definitely, it's a, it's a team effort. What, what was your, what was your go-to setup uh, that you had the most confidence, you know, rod, reel, line? Uh, there was two, the spinning, um, you know, I had a spinning outfit going in, uh, Falcon, seven-foot, medium, spinning rod, and a loose, um, pro, custom pro, 3,000 spinning reel, uh, Sunline, 16-pound braid, eight-pound, four-carbon leader, um, I got a prototype yum, uh, minnow, sonar minnow coming out, and that's what I caught a lot of them on, and then, uh, you know, the jig, the jig was the kind of the meat and the potatoes of the event, you know, a War Eagle 5.8 Jiu-Jitsu with a young crotch up, great pumpkin on the back, a 20-pound Sunline Shooter, Falcon, Jason Christie, Clipping Stick, and a Lose uh, Pro SP, which stands for Skipping and Pitching Reel. Spinning. There's, uh, there's uh, uh, you know, this was the 52nd Bassmaster Classic, and go back 52 years, and if you told the winner who was uh, 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 Bobby Murray at the time, 
that this was going to get won someday on a spinning rod, he'd probably tell you you're out of your mind. No, I would have thought that I was out of my mind, too, if I was going to win Wayne Fisher on a spinning rod. So, hey. Uh, you know what? It, you blew you blew my mind because I I've come to realize I I'm not surprised when somebody talks about using spinning tackle when you're on one of those northern smallmouth fisheries that pretty much has uh, become the way and uh, guys have had to learn that to go to those uh, upstate New York lakes but South Carolina uh, largemouth bass spinning that, that blows my mind and it blows a lot of people's mind. Yeah, the water is pretty clear. You just kind of got to, you know, roll with it and do but, um, you know, do what you have to do. The circumstances and in water and the lake weather and all. Yeah, do what you have to do. I, I like that because now you're, you're kind of telling me that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making them fish and I'm stubborn, but I can be flexible when I have to. Yep, I can be flexible. Uh, that uh, I love being stubborn, but sometimes I've got to be a little bit flexible. Hey, let's uh, you know, uh, let's let's ad- let's address the uh, elephant in the room, and and you know, I I hate to even ask you this because you've been asked this a million times. You you led the classic twice in the past on the last day going in, and we're not able to capture the crown. Besides being asked a million times, how, how did how much of this was in your head, and what did it do to you? Um, it really, I but um, you know, those were past events, and you know this was a new event, new tournament, new year. Um, you know, I I thought about it, but I didn't dwell on it. You just can't you can't let those demons in your head. Um, while you're while you're out there fishing, you can focus on fishing and not 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 what's happened in the past. Well, let, let, let's just look. How about before? I understand that while you're fishing, you got to clear your head. But th- did it bother you going into the tournament? And did you ever think I don't want to be leading on the last day? I, I wouldn't mind being second on the last day and first when it's over. But I don't want to be leading on the last day. Well, I mean, I, you know, it, it is what it is, and league, a league's not bad as long as it's, you know, as big as it can be. But, you know, not being the sole leader took a little bit of pressure off. Um, but, honestly, I didn't think about it a lot. I mean, I, like I said, it crossed my mind once or twice, but it wasn't something that I was just out there fishing, thinking about, um, you know, deja vu and that happening again. It was all about just going fishing and doing what I needed. I, I, I was uh, I was rooting for you because I didn't want to see that happen again. I thought that you know you have no control over it, but it's a terrible circumstance. And you know I was looking like uh, in professional football, Jim Kelly of the Buffalo Bills. He lost four Super Bowls, and and they'll always talk about him as you know a four time loser. I go, damn, who the hell made it to four Super Bowls? You got to be great to do that. And I think you're great in the way you fish, and I wanted to see you get that win to erase the uh, the, the two uh, the two that you, you didn't capture. So so you paid off, and that was that was a great thing. Well, I appreciate it. You know, it's a 
it's a lot of work, and uh, you know, this is a sport that I love, and and uh, I just that I'm able to, you know, get back to future classics and have a chance to win, and and really just be the next year, just a good class champion, and and uh, promote the sport, promote bass, and and thank bass for providing us a platform that we're able to do what we do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you you were you're up on the stage. You got you got handed the trophy by uh, Hank Cherry, who happened to have won the last two two consecutive Bassmaster Classics, which I found totally unbelievable. When did the uh, when did the pressure hit you or the thought hit you? What am I going to do to win a second one in a row like this Hank Cherry did? Yeah, as soon as my bad hit the, uh, or as soon as my head hit the pillow. I was already thinking about the next classic, knowing that you know I'm already in the next classic. But like I said, it's you. This is these guys are all so competitive, and and uh, all of the stars have to line up for you to be able to win, and and you just have to take it whenever, whenever it's given to you. You know the 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 roster of people fishing the classic is amazing. Uh, it, it, it's. It, to the average guy watching this, probably looks at it and, man, I it's intimidating to be in a field as competitive and as tough as this is. Do you look at the other anglers at all and, and try to uh, play that into your uh, into your strategy, or does it not make a difference who are driving those other boats? Uh, you just yeah, it's between you and the fish, not not you and the other anglers. And if you if you beat fish for three consecutive days that's what it's all about you know i can't, can't worry about hank terry or um, brandon pilenick or greg hockney or anything like that you have to worry about the fish and i'm sure if you ask the other guys they're going to say the exact same thing yeah yeah i think i think they do and, and there's nothing you can there's nothing you can think about it uh there's there's thinking about it doesn't change anything I did. Uh, I did enjoy the comment. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, who was the? Uh, who was the? Uh, uh, Kyle Welcher was a was a professional poker player, and, and, and you said you you kind of thought when he was talking about what he was doing in his catch, that that he he might have been bluffing a little bit. I can see that, but you know what? Bluffing or not bluffing didn't change the way you fish, did it? No, sir, not at all. Not at all. It's just interesting that a personality comes into uh, comes into uh, play like that. All right, what about the rest of the season? Do anything look particularly good for you? Are you looking forward to anything special? No. Um, uh, you know, we go to Santee next week. I've never been there, and uh, I've heard a lot about it. You know, it's a shallow water fishery, and, and it's got big ones, so. Um, we'll get through this week and uh, get this next interview that was uh, five minutes ago and uh, get this week taken care of and then worry about saying to you next week. Jason, Christy, I want to thank you for taking time out of the schedule to be with us. People that are listening don't realize how everybody is calling you. They're looking at you to film things, do things, sponsor obligations. It means a lot to me that you did this for us. We appreciate it. I congratulate you on a huge win and look forward to watching you in the future. This is just the first of many, many more championships and, and wins on the Bassmaster Tournament Trail. Hey, Jason Christie, thank you so much. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, and hope everybody has a great day. I appreciate it. Stay well, and uh, try to get a little relaxation in. Thank you. That was Jason Christie, winner of the 52nd Bassmaster Classic just about 48 hours ago. Absolutely incredible uh, that he was able to join us. Uh, really, really so much pressure on, on this man. And uh, what a consummate professional. Cool, calm, and collected, and focused. He definitely, definitely is what pro bass fishing is all about. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast which is the best start fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank our guests, yeah, Jonathan from St. Croix, joined by Bob Downey, who happened to be traveling in the same place, coming back from the Classic. Ken Duke, he was at the Classic, gave us a wrap-up, editor of Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine. And then the champion himself, Mr. Jason Christie. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. They've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. If you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or someone we should have on the show, please let us know that too. I'm Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.